So this seems a little odd, but... Um, it's okay. extremely odd. It's not a little odd. It's extremely odd. And it's very distressing because they expressly... It, because not only do they make no effort to explain the results, but they strongly imply that there's something wrong with the process. And obviously there were technical problems. Obviously something went on with the, the interruption in the public reporting, but Who's generating this loss of confidence in the electoral process? The OAS is. And the opposition is going to seized on that immediately and said, see, we were right. We thought there was going to be fraud. The OAS is saying that there's fraud. You are listening to Historically, a show where we decolonize history and debunk myths and misinformation taught to you in school and on corporate media. I'm your host, Isha. Today, we have David Resnick from the Center for Economic Policy and Research here to talk about the Bolivian coup and the sin of the OAS and their hired guns with regards to the Bolivian coup from 2019. My name is David Rosnick. I'm an economist with the Center for Economic and Policy Research, a lefty think tank in Washington, D.C. And I've been with them for almost 18 years now. I have a background in computer science and mathematics and physics, but I came to CEPR interested in economics, and I've been with them ever since I got out of grad school. Okay, so let's start with a quick summary of what happened last year in Bolivia. So Abel Morales was running for a fourth term, which the democratically elected Supreme Court of Bolivia said that term limits was unconstitutional. And it was because basically supporters who are indigenous did not trust anyone else. And so they wanted to run Evo Morales again. So we also know from WikiLeaks that Washington has been trying to overthrow Evo Morales since at least 2005 by collaborating with these group of, I guess you can call them businessmen, but somewhere between businessmen and total fascist uh, militias um, to overthrow Evo Morales. And the majority of these militias come from the department called Santa Cruz. Uh, and so in, in April of 2019, the Bolivian opposition sent a letter to Trump and Pompeo asking him to help overthrow Evo Morales, and that was publicized. Around June, we started getting almost like a fake um, outrage in the media about the Amazon fires in Bolivia, when in reality, the Amazon fires were a much bigger problem in, in Brazil. And then um, there was a group called uh, something Standing Rivers, 
And it was funded by NED and the people were there were trained by Canvas. And they started this protest called SOS Bolivia. And but if you went to the protest, you'll see that all of them are people from Santa Cruz who are extremely racist and extremely wealthy. And their only problem is that Evo Morales is indigenous. And so they already started these protests to make it look like people were kind of opposed to Evo Morales. And then the election happened. And David, can you take over with the rest of the explanation that led to the coup? Okay, I think it's clear that the the Supreme Court in Bolivia ruled in Evo's favor regarding extra terms based on human rights grounds, that they decided that that his right to unlimited term limits actually violated his human rights and therefore he should be eligible to run. I don't think it was his human rights. They violate, They said it violated his supporters' human rights. Okay. In any case, the point is that the, that the constitutional court actually made a ruling and I mean, we disagree with constitutional rulings in this country all the time. I don't care for the Supreme Court as it stands. I've disagreed with many of its rulings, but we don't say that George W. Bush was not legitimately elected in 2000 because the Supreme Court stepped in and intervened in the count in Florida. I don't say that uh, Trump was illegitimately elected in in uh, in. I mean, we don't need but to. Even- not, but not on the. But not on, We don't say that on the basis that he lost the popular vote. We have no. a certain way that the constitution is structured. Yes. We have courts that interpret the constitution. Uh, all I. I think that every constitutional democracy is flawed one way or another, and we have to make do with what we've got. So, Avo ran for another for re-election again in 2019. And it's true, he wasn't uh, as popular in 2019 as he had been uh, earlier. Um, I think this is part and parcel of being a long-term politician. You have to make compromises, and some people don't like those compromises. There are certain constituencies that he, uh, you know, he made unsatisfied, and he he lost some support. So he wasn't in as strong shape in 2019 as he has been in previous elections. By the way, in previous elections, he's won by two-thirds, 66%, like blowing, the mask had, it was blowing out of the water. So he was still... absolutely, it wasn't even close. Okay, even in this election, it was not even close, but um, go ahead. Okay, so the 2019 election was a a little bit closer. Uh, In order to win the presidency in the first round of the ballot in a multi-way race, uh, the leader needs to either gain a majority of the vote, so 50% plus, or 40% with at least a 10 percentage point lead over the, over the runner-up. So the polls indicated prior to the election General polls were indicating that the latter was likely, that Evo was probably going to not get a majority, but there was a good chance that he was going to win in the first round. Now, here's where things get 
get unfortunately very complicated is that a number of years ago, Bolivia instituted a system of reporting preliminary results. This is the, the actual count in the election takes time. Tally sheets get scrutinized by the authorities. There are certain um, corrections and observations that they have to consider because you don't want to have, you don't want to scratch out errors, you know, as people are filling out the, the tally sheets, you know, because that then it can, then it can be indistinguishable fraud. So they have to make specific notes on the tally sheets indicating that there's an error and that has to be, that has to be signed and, and, and fingerprinted. On top of it, um, we also know that Bolivia is very mountainous regions in, and in many of the rural areas, it's even just hard to get there to get the, ba- get the ballots. Right. So it definitely, it, will, it takes time for the actual physical ballots to get transported from rural areas to the department offices where they actually get evaluated. So a system was set up to report preliminary results. Basically, as at the precinct, when the votes come in, they take uh, an actual photograph of the the tally sheet that's going to become an official record of the vote and transmit the office so that that can be transcribed and entered into the record just as is. So So that at a reasonable hour, in this case, uh, you know, early evening, the authorities can give an idea of how the election is proceeding. They can say, well, we've got, the plan was to about, uh, in previous elections, is to report when about 84% of these preliminary results are, are in. And they can say, well, this is the current status of the election, you know, hold on, we'll have the official results, you know, coming over the next few days. But this gives you an idea of, you know, whether things are in line or not with the, with the, the, the polling that had been previously. We know if it would be doing well or, or it been doing poorly. Okay. Um, in a hypothetical situation, let's say that something magical happens and all the quick counts get lost. This is completely unofficial. The, the, the entire quick count, everything with, with respect to it could be completely lost, completely destroyed. It would have no impact whatsoever on the actual election. So there's also a racial component. Uh, majority of Bolivia is indigenous. Um, they are Aymara, like one of the many different um, First Nations. But the majority of the opposition is either European identifying or just plain old European, uh, European Bolivian, sorry. Um, so the, so what, the, what, what was happening was that... Um, Indigenous people were basically victims of hate crimes. Mass supporters, like in the local offices, were harassed. There was a place where this mayor was like dipped in like red paint, and then they made her apologize for supporting it. Like it was right. again. This was this a lot of this. Obviously, tensions were already high. The opposition was already claiming that there was going to be fraud in the election. I think the mayor happened. Uh, Right before the election. No, I'm quite confident that that was afterward. I think I even have a leak. Oh, it was, yes, you're right. That was right afterwards. But there were some things right before the election, too, that was happening. 
Yeah, I mean, there, there's been, yeah, tensions had been uh, had been very high for uh, quite a long time, and like I said, there have been allegations even prior to the election that there was going to be fraud in this election. So there was a certain disposition to assume that there was that, that, that there was going to be and to interpret everything through that lens. Um, by the way, by allegations, we mean exclusively coming from the opposition, and it was mostly put in Western presses. Uh, 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 yeah, so... Um, in advance of the but, election, um, yes. Okay, so then the election happens on election day. I think that was... October 20th. Um, yes. And, and then that night, we get the violence and and... But then the next morning, um, the website starts to report the quick counts, right? Okay, so, so let's back up. So the, the evening of the election, this is what I was leading up to, is the authorities did in fact have a press conference where they announced the state of the preliminary count. At that point, there was about 84% of the vote counted. They said that uh, Evo Morales had more than 40% of the count, but his uh, lead was only about 8% over the the runner-up, Carlos Mesa. So that would imply that there was going to be some sort of runoff election. However, it turns out that most of the tally sheets that remained to be counted were heavily in favor of Morales. They came from areas that had already shown heavy Morales support and so we could actually anticipate at this point that the, he had enough votes left over to be counted that he would get over the 10% threshold. This wasn't very much made clear at the time. And there wasn't a lot of, there was, as far as we know, no analysis done, um, you know, suggesting that this would be the case. And it was just assumed that, that Morales was going to, to have to face a second round. Um, you said it was assumed by whom? Like, who assumed this and who? Well, nobody had actually, as, as far as I know, nobody actually said that there was going to be a second round. Uh-huh. It was just kind of, it was just thrown out there that he did not have a sufficient lead. In the newspapers and well, the, the, the authorities, when they, were, when they reported the, the, the results that they had available to them at the time. Wait, so the election commission authorities actually said that? They said, yeah, with, with, uh, with uh, 84% of the vote completed that uh, Morales had uh, about an 8 percentage point lead over Carlos Mesa. Okay, um... That, that makes it even more fishier. Um, but so, but the outstanding result, like in the quick count, were were in the rural areas, which is very, very strong Morales stronghold. So um, it was likely he'd make it up. But um, okay. So then, what happened? The, it, 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 the next day. Well, still that evening. So shortly after the press conference, the authorities stopped reporting progress on the preliminary count. And this caused a lot of alarm. Why they prior to that point they had been reporting they'd been putting out reports every three minutes 
every three minutes, right on the nose to the second, they had uh, they had been releasing reports, and then suddenly they stopped. And there was a lot of confusion, a lot of explanations as to why they had stopped. One explanation was that they had never planned to continue the count past the point of the press conference. Another was that there were some computer issues. Uh, some auditors had sent a, a, a red alert late uh, just before the press conference, and the authorities had to decide what to do. There were even concerns on the part of the, the uh, Moss authorities that uh, the opposition was committing fraud against Moss, and that's the reason that they needed to stop the count. Um. In the previous years, like in 2005, and I believe I forgot the second, well, his second and third election, did like did they do the full quick count, or did they always stop at around eighty four percent? The quick count is more recent. I think it had only been used in two major elections prior to that. There was, I believe, it was used in. I think it was used in twenty fourteen. I'm not sure. It was definitely used in the 2016 uh, uh, referendum where uh, Morales had asked the, the public to just grant him the, uh, the, the freedom to run for re-election indefinitely, um, which he lost, and that led to, this, the, to the court case that we discussed before. Uh, and interestingly... We noted that the early results in the uh, in the referendum behaved similarly to the results in the 2019 election. In that, when results at around 82 percent, I believe, were counted, um, Morales was losing slightly the referendum, and uh, then did much better. Uh, on the final, you know, 18% of the count. So this is not an unusual thing in Bolivia that the late votes in the in the in the quick count, uh, you know, favored Morales. It's something that we see all the time in the United States. That it's frequent that uh, you know that that when results are coming in for a particular state, that you know that consideration is taken to like, well, the. Sure that you know candidate A has you know uh, you know is, is leading at the moment, but we know that it's candidate A's you know areas that are that are getting reported right now. We have to wait for candidate B to get their results in, that kind of thing. This is exactly what happened in in uh, in Bolivia in 2019. So there was this blackout. And this caused a lot of suspicion. Um, blackout. Um, there was also opposition setting fires to um, electric stations, too. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> I know, there, but there's there, also a blackout. Um, I'm not saying that they did it, but there is... A, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> right. So there, there was... So... The confusion surrounding the, the stoppage of reporting caused a lot of concern from many quarters. And, and there was a lot of pressure on the authorities to restart the count. There was, you know, at the same time that there was concern that the count was somehow compromised. It was very, con so, so they were getting, you know, there, there, was, there was all kinds of contradictory pressures on the authorities as to whether or not they should actually restart the count. 
or I'm sorry, I should say restart the reporting of the count. Reporting of the regular count or the quick count? The, the quick count. The, shortly after the uh, press conference, the official count had begun and was underway. That was yet another reason that was cited for, uh, for, for, stop, for, for stopping the quick count is because there were going to be two simultaneous counts going on. People would get confused about what the results from one meant respect to the results from the other, and it would cause a lot of confusion. And I can't disagree with that, you know, because since then there's been a lot of confusion in general between the results from the quick count and the results of the official count. So I don't blame them in that regard either, if that was a contributing factor. So the official count, as far as we know, began, continued smoothly. There is, there's nothing to indicate otherwise. But reporting for the quick count had certainly ceased for about 24 hours before the authorities resumed reporting. And when the, they did... So while they were... Okay, so no one's reporting the regular count. After 24 mm -hmm. hours, they resumed the quick count again? They, they resumed reporting of the quick count. In the meantime, they had been con continuing to proceed with, the, with counting uh, tally sheets of the quick count. They, they, they continued to record... Um, tally sheets that had come in, and they, they'd been compiling the numbers further, but they hadn't been publicly reporting them. Okay. Um, okay, so that makes sense. So when does the OAS come in in this regard? Okay, so about 24 hours into the lack of reporting in the quick count, the authorities decided to start making results public again. And when they did, they had announced, you know, another 9% of the vote had been counted and that Morales had a 10 percentage point lead. And now this left people suddenly scratching their heads because there was no, no real explanation given other than he got more votes that, wait, he only had 8% when last you spoke up, and now suddenly it's jumped, you know, past 10%, and now there's not going to be another, now there's not going to be a runoff election, what's going on? But and so the OAS put out a statement saying, the TSC presented data. Hold on, what is the TSC? I'm sorry, that's the... the um, yeah, there are a lot the, of actors here, so just we just want to make sure. Uh, yeah, the electoral authorities. Okay, the, so the, the tribunal, supreme, the, the electoral, the, the the supreme electoral tribunal. Okay, so they're the ones who are responsible for certifying and make uh, the votes yes. and stuff. Okay, got it. Yes, the TSC presented data with an inexplicable change in trend that drastically modifies the fate of the election and generates a loss of confidence in the electoral process. So the OAS based this on the quick count results? Or that's where well, I'm getting... the, At this point, the, the official count was nowhere near completed. What they're clearly referring to is the quick count. Okay, that is not legally binding in in no way legally binding they provided no analysis to explain to, to 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 justify their their statement that it was an inexplicable change as opposed to well more morales votes came in we'd expect them to come in because they were coming in from 
areas that had already previously shown support for Morales, there was no explanation whatsoever for why they were so suspicious of this uh, of of the late results. Um, one more thing is that um, so Bolivia has two parts. There's the flatlands and then the mountains, and like people in the in the flat area tend to be slightly wealthier, and it's a little bit more developed than in the mountains, and sure. that's where and those are the super rural voters, and it's like I said, it's pretty hard uh, to get. Like it takes more time from the mountains, and so. But the OAS did not do that. Um, did they give an explanation about their statement for the quick count, which which is not used for official certification? Yeah, this was cl- this was clearly a statement discussing the quick count, but they don't explain why we should care. They don't explain why they think that their results are unexpected. Uh, There's no analysis whatsoever that they offer. They simply say that it drastically modifies the fate of the election and generates a loss of confidence in the electoral process. So who is the OAS? Do you know who, who, put, who put this out? Uh, it's the, this is a statement of the OAS electoral observation mission. Ah, okay. Thank you. (laughs) So this is in their capacity as election observers. Uh, Okay. So, uh, and they offered no explanation. Uh, Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so this seems a little odd, but, um, it's extremely odd. It's not a little odd. It's extremely odd. And it's very distressing because they expressly, because not only do they make no effort to explain the results, but they strongly imply that there's something wrong with the process. And obviously there were technical problems. Obviously something went on with the, the interruption in the public reporting, but Who's generating this loss of confidence in the electoral process? The OAS is. And the opposition is going to, it seized on that immediately and said, see, we were right. We thought there was going to be fraud. The OAS is saying that there's fraud. Uh, but the OAS didn't say there was fraud. They said something to be concerned about, right? They said there was an inexplicable change in the trend that drastically modifies the fate of oh, the election. So, so they more or less they don't. You, they don't say the word fraud. They say that something really fishy is going on that we can't explain and we no longer have confidence in the election. That's essentially what they say. Okay. Um, the next day, you guys at Supper um, put out uh, a statement to the OES that it, they should retract their results based on uh, a, a table from the city of Cochabamba. Um, so what was, uh, like, what was your argument on the 22nd of October. Okay. So my colleague, Jake Johnson, came to me and said, I've got an analysis here that reminds me of things that have happened in previous elections where we've seen this shift in votes. Can you take a look at my analysis and see if it makes sense? What happened is that Cochabamba is a bit of a, is a, is a more diverse as capital cities go. As in general, the capital cities voted heavily for the opposition and 
outside of the capital cities that including the, the city of El Alto that Morales had a lot more support. Cochabamba is very large and very diverse. And as it turned out, doing uh, uh, Jake had put together a quick analysis showing that the increase in Morales' support late in the count in Cochabamba was due entirely to the fact that the tally sheets were coming from precincts which heavily favored Morales. What happened was the, the opposition's precincts tended to get counted early and Morales's tally sheets tended to get counted late. So it seemed like his prospects had, you know, early, had improved late compared to his early vote, but that's simply because his areas of support got count, were counted late. Not because of anything weird. It's not that like, oh, this precinct was partially counted and then, then Morales' support in that precinct suddenly went up. Oh, no, um, it was... May I give an example to Americans that may... Sure. Let, okay, so in Michigan, for example, the population within the um, Detroit area is much bigger than every other er than everything else in Michigan. So when they're counting, um, Detroit tends to come in late because it's Detroit. So what happens is that you often get, um, like, the, like if you look at the map of Michigan, it looks like, oh, the Republican won, the Republican won. But then once you get to Detroit, boom, it changes and the Democrat wins. Um, and, but when you look at like the results coming in that night, it, it always looks like the Republican's going to win about until about like, 11 o'clock when all of the Detroit results come in. And I think this is something similar, right? Yes. It's just on a, on a smaller scale. I mean, we would see this kind of thing in a Democratic primary in Washington, D.C., say. You might see results in Georgetown look different than the results in Anacostia. It's uh, depending on the order in which, it, even within a small geographical area, the order in which ballots or tally sheets or precincts get counted is going to have a huge effect on how the vote trends over time. Uh, okay. And, and then, um, obviously, the opposition um, begins their protests and violence. Yeah. And the, the, at this point, the opposition completely, like, they're... they're Allegations have been completely legitimized now by a, an electoral observer. They uh, they protest. They they start uh, burning election materials. They're attacking uh, offices. There's it's, they're burning down houses of mass supporters. Oh, by the way, um, there's a big racial element. So American press will say mass supporters, and like nine out of 10 times the must supporter will be indigenous or some sort of um, racial, I guess it's not the minority, but uh, in America, <laughs> what, uh, in a, in yes. a, like, they're the majority, but um, they're not considered, I guess, white. And the opposition is overwhelmingly white. So when you see my, uh, opposition beats of mass supporter, like, Think of it as a whole bunch of white people beating up some indigenous person. 
Yeah, it, it's much the same in Venezuela. We've seen these these kind of these the kind of violent protests break out, and it tends to be lighter-skinned people beating up, or even uh, we saw in one case, I believe, setting on fire, uh, you know, uh, a darker-skinned uh, uh, citizen. Uh, yeah, there's definitely a, a strong racial element to all of this. Yes, because. Um it, it's, it's kind of like, it's, it, when you think, I mean, even in America, when you say Democrat versus Republican, there is some racial difference of the supporter makeup. But in Bolivia, it's a lot more starker. So then um, on October, so the violence began, and on October 20, oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, the timeline gets, yeah. Okay, so, so. There's a lot happening. That's fine. I, okay. So I, I, I kind of want to explain to people how, it, because this is actually like a, what do you call it? Um, a formula that they often use for regime change that we kind of need to be careful about that repeats itself. Um, so, uh, well, okay. So then on October 23rd, the office of OAS releases a document about, and what do they say in that document? On the 23rd, this is the preliminary report? Yes. In the preliminary report, they did offer some brief analysis of the election, suggesting that there was something funny late in the count. Again, this analysis just shows that or even suggest, because we don't have data, these re results are completely irreproducible, but taking them at their at face value, which we certainly shouldn't do at this point, <laughs> what it was saying was what we already knew, which is that Morales' support was higher in the late vote than it had been earlier. This is, again, nothing... Nothing unusual. There is no analysis explaining why this might not might or might not be legitimate. They could have easily done analysis, saying like, "Oh, well, we looked at at these areas and saw that they were that the, the votes coming in late were coming from areas that were going to support Morales. They supported Morales in 2014. They supported Morales in 2016, and they're supporting him in 2019." But they present nothing of this sort. They just say, you know, that, 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 that Morales' support went up after the interruption reporting, and that looks suspicious. And, and the preliminary report is still talking about the quick count? That's part's the confusing part. Yes. Okay. So, again, something that is not, legal, not legally binding. Okay. Right, but it generated the most suspicion because there was this uh, stoppage in reporting. So that's what made it, that's what made people suspicious. Like, wait, can we trust anything that's coming out after this point? Are they what are they doing behind the scenes during this blackout? Those are the kind of questions that people were asking. Okay, by people you mean people Me, in the press or the you know, well it's, no it's it's them it's the authorities like oh, okay. there's nothing specific there are no specific allegations there's just uh well we don't like the result the result you know seemed like we thought you know we thought there was going to be a second round it doesn't look like it's going to be and something funny happened there must be fraud 
we said there was going to be fraud. Look, so, so wait, who's saying this? Uh, opposition. Oh, the opposition. Okay, so Carlos. Yeah, I mean, there that's there are people in Bolivia still insisting that to this day that that they, that we know that there was fraud because look at what happened. Why did they? You know, why did they stop the uh, the reporting of results if it wasn't if it wasn't to do something? you know, completely sketchy and, and, you know, and, and throw this election to Morales. The question is, is there, but there's no evidence to suggest this. It's quite clear that the results, that the final result was completely predictable at that, you know, before any new information came in, we knew that the results were going to heavily favor Morales and that he was going to win. Um, okay. So, at this point, it was like whether it was like he's going to win at 9.8% or like would, or whether he'd cleared the 10% margin. So, right? Right. And he won by 10.56, you know, which is, you know, thousands and thousands of votes difference, you know, more, more than he'd need in order to, uh, to, to clear the margin. And it's much bigger than, say, Obama's lead over Romney or Trump's uh, not lead over Clinton. Mm. <laughs> right? Uh, 10 percentage points. I think that, uh, I don't think that... No, no, the, the, no, oh. we've never had, we haven't had an election with the 10% lead in a long time. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying it's, it, it's a big margin of difference. Like... It was also a, a, a multi-way race. Uh, the margin would have been much smaller in a second round, almost certainly, that the opposition would have united against him. And oh, okay, this makes sense. So um, then what happened is that... Um, okay, so then um, the opposition continues to get even more violent. Um, now, when does Bolivia report the actual election uh, results? The... the, the uh, final count, I believe, was completed by the 25th. I'm, I'm sorry, it's just off the top of my head. I believe it. I mean, it was almost, you know, it was overwhelmingly completed well before that. But I think that, that the final, final result came in on the, on the 25th. Okay. And there, um, Morales won. There's no runoff. Um, right. And there's, no, there's nothing even... The results are pretty much identical to the the quick count results by this point. The only, uh, I mean, the the changes have been very minor. Like I said, when the tally sheets are originally submitted, they can't scratch out errors because no, that would be indistinguishable from actual fraud. And so they have to make these comments in a separate area, and they have to be signed and thumbprinted, and. The TSC has to actually evaluate that and say, like, well, you know, this says for some reason the tally sheet itself says, you know, that some minor party got, you know, 80% of the vote and Morales got none. You know, that's kind of weird. And then there's a note at the bottom of the tally sheet. It says, basically, we accidentally wrote, you know, Morales's, the, the must votes here on the wrong line. And the actual total is the, you know, shows that, that Moss got 189 votes and this third party got zero. 
And so the TSC looks at that and says, okay, I know what it says on the tally sheet, but the observation makes it clear it was just an error. So on the official count, they correct this error. So the results are slightly different because we have these observations, we have these corrections, and as much as possible, the TSC has gone through and tried to correct for any notes that the people at the precinct made on these tally sheets. Okay, so then, um, okay, so after they certify Morales as the official winner, does the OAS make any other statements? Right, so the OAS continues to express its concern about the election, and they leverage the, you know, the, the opposition protests and their self-stated concerns that, again, have had so far no reproducible statistical analysis or whatever, and we have no idea where they're getting, you know, how they're coming up with their claims, but they leverage this into pressuring Morales into accepting a binding audit of the election. And he accepts that, right? And he accepts it. The opposition does not. The opposition was actually suspicious of the OAS from the start, in part because they had um, essentially rubber-stamped his availability to run in the election. And so they just assumed that the OAS was out to get them. So they were... so. The fact that the OAS had already indicated they were suspicious in this election had given them hope, but the opposition was not willing to stand by a binding audit of the election. But Morales did and said if they decided they needed to be uh, a, a runoff that he would, ex or, you know, or annulling the election, that he would accept that. Okay. So um, did the, I mean, did the OAS do a binding audit ever? They did perform an audit, if you want to call it that. Okay, so now, um, but again, now the violence has increased by um, God knows how much. Yes, the violence has increased. Um, High-level MOS officials are being threatened, if not outright assaulted. Their families are in grave danger. By high-level high MOS officials, again, mostly indigenous people. Um, and, and yes, their families, even Morales' sister's house was caught on fire, was set on fire. Mm -hmm. So basically the violence increased. Um, Evo Morales agreed to even capitulate and have a second election. Um, and then uh, the military and the police force uh, told him to resign, which is basically we're going to shoot you if you don't resign. And then he resigned in, I think, November 10th. Was that the day? I believe it was the 11th. Okay, November 11th. He resigned on November 11th. Um, and then, uh, and oh, but then usually the vice president needs to take over. But um, uh, but then Alvaro was forced to resign too. And then the funny thing is that in their Senate or in their equivalent of the Congress, the majority party is Mott. And he, so the third person to take over would have been the leader of the Mas party, and they forced her to resign too, so that it went to the opposition leader, right? That is my understanding. Yeah, which is really unusual. It's like, why? I mean, obviously, it is, 
it, right. It would be as if uh, uh, Trump, you know, we said Trump and Pence and uh, Mitch McConnell were all forced to resign. And, and now Pelosi is the president. And we, or we put in Patrick Leahy or something like that. Well, clearly, he's the next person in line for the presidency. Exactly. Sure. So, um, th- yes. Okay. So uh, this coup's happened, and they're doing horrific stuff. Um, so then let's go to the final report on December 4th. Okay. So for months, we've been begging for data and methods. Like, how are you getting these results? We've been looking at the public data. We can't reproduce any of this stuff. How are you getting these? So, so in the final report, they um, they don't release the data, or do they like? So the public- well, even for the preliminary, even okay. the, regarding the preliminary findings. So already, like for we've already been stalled for more than a month. You know, trying to trying to understand what's going on with the preliminary findings. But we waited. We waited until the December report. And the December report had some analysis, but again, not these were the, the findings, the statistical analysis was a mess. It was okay, so very difficult to re- reproduce these results. So the idea is that if you have a data table with all the precincts and vote counts, you should be able to run um, some statistical uh, algorithms on them in order to get exactly what the o- the results that the OAS got, right? Right. You would think that, that that this kind of transparency in data and methods is really important, and it's extremely important when you're talking about toppling uh, a government. And you know, you'd think that, that that this would be a necessary scientific step to be able to 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 actually respond to researchers' questions about what exactly did you do. What data are you missing? These are basic questions that the OAS completely refused to answer. Okay, so um, what I noticed is that they put out a graph that looks like it's like it, it looks stable until ninety five percent of the precincts are reported, and then suddenly there's like a break, and then it looks like it goes up after the big break, right? Right. So there was a bit of a shift somewhere in here, and I don't, it's, it's not clear exactly where they started shifting focus. But at some point, the OAS shifted from worrying about what happened after the interruption. Again, that happened at 84%. So it was the last 16% of the count that they were worried about. And at some point, they started deciding that, no, it's actually only the last 5% that matters. Why? Uh, I have not the faintest idea. There's okay, so there's not a standard statistical process. It's just an arbitrary line that they put in, right? Well, the point is that if you're failing to count large numbers of ballots from areas that are going to be favorable to one candidate until the very end, then that candidate is going to do very well on the ones that are counted at the very end. Oh, so I see. What they did, okay. So they were saying that the first 95% had um, this percentage of votes. Like they took a sample from the first and said they had candidate A, Moss had X votes and some opposition one had Y votes and Z had uh, opposition two had Z votes. 
And so they kind of looked at those um, kind of proportions and they said that the last 5% didn't match the first 95%. Essentially, way, yes. Okay. But of course, there are a thousand reasons why the last 95% last the last 5%. 5%. match. Yeah, won't match the first 95%, like the Detroit example. Yes, um, the question is whether that last 5% is predictably different than the first 95% or not. Exactly. And they claim that it was unpredicted or it was not in accordance to their expected value, right? Well, they don't really even say that. Really, these these analyses just say that they're different. Okay, so if they're different, it doesn't matter too much because there are a thousand reasons why it could be different. Exactly. And in any cases, the preliminary count we're generally talking about here, and so who cares? Wait, wait, I thought this was the final report. Who was the final report? But there, there's the, the physical analysis of the final report.